Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. The books of the Bible. Today we're going to go through Leviticus chapter 9. Remember to use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus as we go through Leviticus chapter 9. Now, what is this chapter about? God has given Israel all these rules, all these things that they have to do. And chapter 9 is them doing what God has said. So what they're going to do in chapter 9 is in order for them to have access to God, they have to do all of the things that God requires. So let's take a look. So this is actually... Um, when they first start doing the sacrifices and the offerings and the stuff like that. Leviticus chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. So, this is um, the group that is the leaders of Israel and the priest line. And he said unto Aaron, Take thee a young calf for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, without blemish, and offer them before the Lord. So this is the beginning. You've got to do a sin offering, and you've got to do a regular offering, a burnt offering. And unto the children of Israel, thou shalt speak, saying, So that was for the priest. And... Now, and the elders, and now let's go to the people. Speak, saying, Take ye a kid of the goat for sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both of the first year, without blemish, for a burnt offering, also a bullock and a ram for peace offering, to sacrifice before the Lord. So you have all these offerings, all these things that you need to do. And a calf and a lamb, both of the first year, without blemish for a burnt offering. Also a bullock and a ram for a peace offering to sacrifice before the Lord. And a meat offering mingled with oil. For today the Lord will appear unto you. So, in order for you to actually be able to be in the presence of God, you have to do all these offerings. So today we're going to start the offering process that God told us the rules and what we had to do. And now we're going to begin doing them. And in order to get into the presence of God, you have to do all this. First, the priest has to do his sin offerings and his offerings and the elders. 
then the people have to do their offerings. So everybody has to do offerings in order to get into the presence of God, which is completely different concerning believers in Jesus Christ. See, Jesus became our one-time offering. He just did it once. It covered all of this so that we have direct access to God upon repentance. Of course, what that means is when we, as a believer, after we've become a believer, our past sins have been washed away, and as we go through life, we have the ability to go to God, not to Jesus, not to a man, not to some pastor or preacher or somebody to talk to God for us, but we have the ability to go to God ourselves. And after we uh, become a believer, in order to do that, for us, it's very simple. There's no more offerings. There's no more sacrifices. There's no more of that stuff. You've got you to gotta do this. You've got to be this good. You've got to do this, meaning that you've got to do works to have access to God. No, we don't have to do works to have to have access to, to God, but you do have to be clean and holy. And how are you clean and holy? Well, it's pretty simple. If you're a sinner, stop sinning. Jesus' blood covers the sin. Acknowledge your sin and stop doing it. And then it's covered under the blood of Jesus. That's it. You don't even have to ask. I acknowledge my sin, you know, um, and now can you cover it under the blood of Jesus? No. It, it doesn't, you don't need to do that. All you need to do is acknowledge it, stop doing it, and then you have access to God. Because if you don't, God won't listen to you. Okay? You have to be holy. The way Israel became holy was through a bunch of sacrifices and offerings and stuff. So, they're going to be able to be in the presence of God. And they had to have other people, like the um, Levitical priesthood, in order for them to have access to God. Verse 6. Um, no, I'm sorry, verse 5. And they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. So they did what they were told. So we have to do what we're told to. And for us, it's real simple. Acknowledge your sin and stop doing it. <laughs> Acknowledge it to who? God, that's it. You don't have to acknowledge it to no human, unless, of course, you've done wrong by a human. And then, of course, you must go to that human and acknowledge your wrongdoing that you did to that human. Absolutely. And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded that ye should do, and the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. So, you're not going to be able to be in the presence of God unless you do these things. 
And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar and offer thy sin offering and thy burnt offering and make an atonement for thyself and for the people and offer the offering of the people and make an atonement for them as the Lord commanded. So, Aaron, you're going to have to do this for the people. First you've got to do it for yourself. Then you've got to do it for the people. And then, then you can come into the presence of God because you become a holy person. And God needs um, us to be holy to be in his presence. Now, when we, when we talk about this stuff, if we go to the book of Hebrew, we find out that Paul was explaining about this, that We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to go to verse 14. And it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not the high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Who can have, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmities. So you see, Paul is saying, before Jesus, and that's what we're seeing here in, in the Old Testament with Israel, before Jesus, you have the high priest that was the one that went to God for your sins. And he himself had sins that he had to take care of before he could go to God for you. But Jesus... No, Jesus became our high priest, and he didn't sin. So he didn't have any sins to get covered up for or to atone for. So continuing here in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 3, and by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. That's the human high priest of Israel. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God as was Aaron. So 
it wasn't just any human. It had to be the sons of Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. So you see, Jesus was chosen by God to do what he did for the people in the kingdom of heaven. And so, as we see here, going back to Leviticus chapter 9, Jesus didn't have any sins that he had to get atoned for, but the high priest did. There's a big difference between the high priest of Israel and Jesus, our high priest. So, let's go forward. Let's go back to chapter 9 and verse 8. Aaron therefore went unto the altar and slew the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. So he had to make a sin offering for himself because he's a sinner. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood unto him, and he dipped his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar and poured out the blood at the bottom of the altar. So they had specific things, specific ways that they had to do this stuff. This is God testing them. You think that they really had to do all these things, by the way? <laughs> God needed them to dip their fingers in the blood and put it on the horn and put it on their toes and, you know... You think that that God needed to have that done? No, of course not. It's called obedience. They had to prove their holiness by doing exactly what God told them to do. But the fat and the kidneys and the call above the liver of the sin offering, he burnt upon the altar as the Lord commanded Moses. Verse 11, and the flesh and the hide he burnt with fire without the camp. And he slew the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled round about the altar. So you see, they had all the stuff that they had to do. And this is just preparing to get in the presence of God. Us believers are so under grace. That's the grace that we're under. The grace we're under is we acknowledge our sins, we stop sinning, and guess what? Voila! We're in the presence of God and have access to him immediately without anything else. Verse 12. I'm sorry, verse 13. And they presented the burnt offering unto him, with the pieces thereof, and the head, and he burnt them upon the altar. And he did wash the inwards with the legs, and burnt them upon the burnt offerings on the altar. And he brought the people's offerings, and took the goat, which was the sin offerings, for the people, and slew it, and offered it for sin as the first. So, you see, so he had to do his first, and then they did the burnt offerings for them. And then they, then the next step is people. The people have to have their sin offerings done. So he did it for them. And he brought the burnt offering and offered it according to the manner. 
And he brought the meat offering and took a handful thereof and burned it upon the altar besides the burnt sacrifice of the morning. He slew also the bullock and the ram for sacrifice of peace offering, which was for the people. And Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood which he sprinkled round, uh, sprinkled upon the altar round about. So, you see, in order for them to have peace, in order for them to have their sins taken away and atoned for, they had to do all of this stuff. You see, this is called doing what God wants you to do, right? Discipline. And the fat of the bullock, verse 19, and the ram, the rump, and that which covereth the inwards and the kidneys and the fowl above the liver. And they put a fat, a fat upon the breast, and he burnt the fat upon the altar. So they burnt the fat upon the altar. Everything that God said, step by step, everything that God had told them to do. And the breast and the right shoulder, Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord, as Moses had commanded. So everything that Moses had been told by God, they did. All the steps they took. That's the grace we're under. See, Leviticus chapter 9 is showing us grace. Okay? First of all, we didn't have to do anything to get our sins covered under the blood of Jesus. All, the only way that a person's sins get covered under the blood of Jesus is if God gives them the gift of faith and they believe. <laughs> and if God don't give you the gift of faith, then I don't care how much you want to believe, you won't believe. So, that's grace. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to prove anything. You just have to believe. And that is God's choice, not yours. If it's your choice, it would be a work. See, that's what people don't understand. It's not your choice. So what happens is, as the Bible tells us, is that if God has chosen you, called you, invited you, and he gives you the gift of faith. Now, just giving you the gift of faith isn't going to do any good unless you know what the faith is in that he's given you the gift of. So what happens is you come across someone that is a believer and they tell you about Jesus. See, they tell you what God did, how God sent Jesus, what Jesus did for us, and who Jesus was, and guess what? As soon as they tell you, you believe it. That's the gift of faith. And at that moment, you are a part of the kingdom of heaven. All right? And so that's grace. You know, you don't have to do anything except listen and then you believe because God's given you the gift. Because, you know, you can tell somebody to your blue in the face about Jesus. If God hasn't given them the gift of belief, then they're not going to believe. So it's nothing to do with the person. It has to do with God's choosing. Many are called. Not everyone is called. 
Many are called. God does the choosing. So, going back here, they had a whole bunch of stuff. And so this is the second grace I was going to mention, sorry. And the second grace is that we have grace that once we're a believer, we just have access to God. And all we have to do is acknowledge any sins we have and stop sinning, and that's it. And then, guess what? We have access to God. That's great, but we don't have to go through all this stuff. 21, and the breast and the wave offering. I'm sorry, 22, and Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out. So they had specific place they had to go in and specific things they had to do. You know, the big temple that, that, that they had, portable temple that they had made, that God had made them make, and they had things that they had to do and stuff. And so they had to go do that stuff and came out and blessed the people, Moses and Aaron, And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. So then they saw the glory of the Lord. The presence of God was with them. This is not the Lord Jesus. This is Yahweh, God Almighty. Okay, so don't get confused about this. The glory of God Almighty was present with them. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. So you see, God's glory was there, and he wanted to show them that he was there. So he showed them his power. Fire burnt up the sacrifice so that they would know that, no, Aaron and his sons didn't do this. God did it. God was here. See, and that's the way God works. Even with us believers, he shows us his power. How does he do that? Well, when Jesus was on earth, uh, Jesus was doing all kinds of miracles. The apostles were doing miracles and doing things like that, and Paul was. For us, sure, we're able to do those miracles also. It depends on what God has called us to do, the power of God. An example for us today happens more than uh, most other things, to me anyway, is that if someone comes to me with a question having to do with, you know, the Bible or whatever, I don't have the Bible memorized, but the power of God through the Holy Spirit tells my human spirit, so my soul will know what to do and where to go, tells me where to go in the Bible, what I'm looking for. And that's the power of God. So... That's how you know that you're in the presence of God is because if you've got an answer to a question and it comes to you from the Holy Spirit, you didn't know that answer. The Holy Spirit showed it to you. 
then, um, you know, you know the eternal presence of God. God has shown you his power. Now, on the other hand, if someone asks you a stupid question, um, you know, which the devil has people do, uh, those questions, the God tells you how to handle those also. Uh, as in, I don't answer stupid questions. <laughs> and that completes Leviticus chapter 9. Have you been experiencing the power of God? Not the power of God according to man and churches and all that nonsense, but the power of God, the true power of God having to do with what Jesus showed us, what Paul showed us, what Peter showed us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.